the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. The crucifixion of Jesus was very graphic and very gory and very bloody. In the Old Testament, in the sacrificial system that God established as a way of dealing with our sin, and that sacrificial system, when a person sinned, they brought an offering for their sin to the temple. For, for example, they brought a, a lamb as a sacrifice for their sins. And that lamb was a substitute for them. This is the system that God set up. Have you ever wondered why it was necessary for Jesus to have to suffer in such an extreme way for your sins? Today, Pastor Dan will be reminding you that God has always required a blood sacrifice for the covering of sins, starting all the way from the beginning in the Garden of Eden. When Adam and Eve sinned, they killed and used animal skins to cover their nakedness. In the Old Covenant, the Jews had to provide an animal sacrifice at the temple to cover their sins. Jesus, however, sacrificed himself once and for all. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of John chapter 19 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Last week in our study, we looked at the death of Jesus Christ on the cross. We, we end it in verse 30 with Jesus saying, it is finished, and bowing his head and giving up his spirit. And, and with that, Jesus' lifeless body hung on the cross, and he's dead. And, and I want you to just consider for a few minutes uh, Jesus' lifeless body on the cross. I think oftentimes in movies and in paintings, And in artwork, uh, Jesus dead on the cross is kind of sanitized. It's portrayed in such a way that it's not not offensive to look at or, or repulsive to look at. But we know from Scripture that his face was disfigured beyond recognition. Isaiah says he no longer appeared to be human. He no longer looked human. He was so brutalized through his his death. Because of the scourging that he received before he was crucified, his entire body, not just his back, but his entire body was covered with lacerations and blood, a lot of blood. So when we picture Jesus on the cross, the image we should have in our minds should be a very graphic, bloody image. If we were there as eyewitnesses, looking at Jesus dead on the cross would be difficult for us to look at. You, you would turn away. It would turn your stomach. You know, years ago when the movie The Passion of the Christ came out, uh, one, of the, one of the biggest complaints by the critics was that it was too graphic. 
It got a rated R movie, a rated R, it was rated R because of the, the, the graphic nature of it. And critics said it was just too, too gory. But the crucifixion of Jesus was very graphic and very gory and very bloody. You know, in the Old Testament, in the sacrificial system that God established as a way of dealing with our sin, in that sacrificial system, when a person sinned, they brought an offering for their sin to the temple. For, for example, they brought a, a lamb as a sacrifice for their sins. And that lamb was a substitute for them. This is the system that God set up. The lamb would be a substitute for them. The lamb died in their place for their sins. And when they brought that lamb to the temple as a sacrifice for their sins, they didn't just hand the lamb over to the priest and the priest took the lamb in some back room and sacrificed it out of sight and then the person could just go about their day. It's not how it worked. It wasn't sanitized. When that person brought the lamb for sacrifice for their sins, uh, 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 you know, the, the Old Testament says that they laid their, their hand upon the head of the lamb and it was symbolically, we, well, we have a lamb right here, you know, but it was symbolically, you, you lay your hand on the head of the lamb Symbolically, you're transferring your sin, transferring your guilt to that lamb. It's a substitute for you. And now that lamb is going to die in your place for your sin and for your guilt. And in the, in the Old Testament, the Hebrew word that is used for when they laid their hand upon the head of the lamb, it, it, it means to, to press down, to lay your weight upon. And so the person making the sacrifice for their sins they would press down on the head of the lamb firmly, and then either they or a priest would reach around and slit the throat of the lamb, and you kept your hand pressed down on the head of the lamb as it began to gasp and tremble, and its knees buckled, and it collapsed, and, and blood is spurting out on you and all over the place, and you would keep your hand on the head of that lamb as it collapsed to the ground, and you would feel the life of that lamb drain out of its body, and you would keep your hand on that lamb until the lamb was, was dead. The, the whole purpose of that was to affect you. So that you would come away from that experience changed. So you would come away from that experience sobered by the price of your sin. By what your sin required. So you would walk away from the temple and that experience covered with the blood of the Lamb and that whole experience. You would walk away from that saying, I never want to sin like that again because I don't ever want to do that again. It was meant to affect you. And so when we, when we look at Jesus dead on the cross, hanging there, this lifeless body on the cross, we, we don't want to have a sterile image of Jesus on the cross. We want Jesus' lifeless, bloody body to affect us. Because that's what was required for our sin. That was the price. As, as horrific as His death was on the cross, that's what was required. 
to satisfy the wrath of God. Jesus was our substitute, just as that lamb in the old sacrificial system was your substitute. All of our sin was transferred to him. And he was sacrificed in our place. He stood in our place. He took the penalty that we deserve. We we just read in Isaiah during worship, Isaiah 53, verse 5, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. That's substitutionary atonement. Where he is standing in for us in our place, taking our penalty, satisfying the wrath of God that was against us for our sin. So now, verse 31, we pick up the passage today. Jesus is dead on the cross. Therefore, because it was the preparation day that the bodies should not remain on the cross on the Sabbath, for that Sabbath was a high day, the Jews asked Pilate, that their legs might be broken and that they might be taken away. Jesus died on what was known as the preparation day for the Sabbath, which was Friday. The Sabbath began at sundown on Friday evening. Jesus died Friday afternoon at 3 p.m. As the name implies, Jewish people spent Friday afternoon preparing what was necessary for the Sabbath day since the Sabbath began at sundown on Friday night. Friday afternoon, uh, they, they would prepare for the Sabbath. They weren't allowed to work on the Sabbath. So Friday afternoon, they would cook their meals for the Sabbath day. They would do any work that needed to be done that they couldn't do on the Sabbath day. They did everything they needed to do for the Sabbath day on Friday afternoon. That's the preparation day. Uh, today, if you go to Israel, Friday afternoon, it's still the preparation day for the Sabbath. Uh, In Israel on Fridays, usually everything shuts down by about 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Businesses close, restaurants close, uh, mass transit shuts down. Everybody leaves work early on Friday afternoon so they can go home and prepare for the Sabbath day before the Sabbath begins at sundown. Uh, Verse 31 tells us that the, the Jews, the religious leaders, they went to Pontius Pilate and they asked Pilate to break the legs of Jesus and the two criminals that were crucified with him. And really, they were just concerned about Jesus. And they wanted their legs broken to hasten their death so they can be taken away, it says, before the Sabbath begins. Remember, Jesus was put on the cross that morning. He dies at 3 o'clock. And now they're coming uh, and asking that the bodies be, you know, taken away before the Sabbath begins at, at sundown. I, I, I mentioned this uh, in a previous study, but typically uh, people survived on the cross for at least a day or more. The, the longest anyone survived on the cross that we have on record uh, from that time period is 13 days on the cross. Uh, so typically they're going to survive for at least a day, and the religious leaders wanted to hasten Jesus' death, and they wanted his body taken away, it says. In other words, they wanted to be done with Jesus as quickly as possible. Before the sun goes down, we want to get rid of this guy. Some people today, 
They don't want to have anything to do with Jesus Christ. They don't want to hear about him. They don't want you to talk to them about Jesus. They don't want to even mention his name. Just, just get rid of him. I don't want to hear about him. I don't want to see him. I don't want to, don't say anything to me. The religious leaders, they wanted to be done with Jesus. It was not enough that he was crucified. They wanted him dead. They wanted him taken away so they don't have to think about him anymore. Let's just get this over with. Let's just get this behind us. And so they they ask Pilate to have his legs broken to hasten his death. Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for your needs. Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer request with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com or through our church app or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth radio ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it. Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now, let's finish today's message. Now, a person that was crucified uh, because of the position of their body on the cross and their arms were extended kind of upward uh, to breathe, they would have to push themselves up on the spike that was through their feet to breathe. And then they would let themselves back down and they'd have to push themselves back up to breathe. And so the religious leaders now, they, they want their legs broken. Breaking their legs would make it impossible for them to push themselves up uh, and the person would suffocate in a matter of minutes and die. So, verse 32, then the soldiers came and they broke the legs of the first and of the other who was crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. You read that and you just kind of go through that, but think about what it's saying. These Roman soldiers came with a sledgehammer and just smashed the legs of the two criminals on the cross. I mean, how many times did they have to smash their legs and smash their kneecaps, smash their shins to break the legs? Just as a a kind of an aside here, if you remember earlier in in the day, one of the criminals on the cross next to Jesus, remember he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Jesus knew their suffering would end that day. That they weren't going to languish on the cross for several days, as was typical for most. But that very day, their suffering would end, and he would be with Jesus in paradise. So these Roman soldiers came. They, they smashed the legs with a sledgehammer of the first criminal. They smashed the legs of the second. Uh, when they came to Jesus, Jesus was already dead. And so they did not break his legs. Verse 34, But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and immediately blood and water 
came out. So, you know, these, these soldiers have been ordered to hasten the death of the three that were crucified. Uh, they, don't, they don't break Jesus' legs, but they want to make sure he's dead. So one of the soldiers takes his spear and pushes it through, you know, his ribs and pierces his side, and immediately blood and water came out. And, um, you know, there are several, several books written by medical doctors about the crucifixion of Jesus from a, from a medical point of view, and they, they all seem to indicate that the blood and water was probably the result of a ruptured heart. Just speaking medically. Not that Jesus died of a broken heart, but he died with a broken heart. Uh, Psalm 69 verse 20 says, Reproach has broken my heart, and I am full of heaviness. I looked for someone to take pity, but there was none. And for comforters, but I found none. Now look at verse 35. Verse 35, John tells us, that he was an eyewitness to these things. And that he's telling the truth. And he tells us these things that we might believe. And, and in other words, the reason that John mentions the spear and the blood and water coming out is because the, the blood and water coming out were evidence that Jesus actually did die on the cross. He, he really was dead. A Roman soldier verified that he was truly dead. It's not that Jesus just passed out on the cross and then three days later in the tomb he revived and rolled that stone away, however many hundreds of pounds that stone weighed, and came out and there really was no death and there really was no resurrection. You know, there are people that hold that view, that believe that, that Jesus didn't really die, that he just blacked out and they thought he was dead. And after being in that dark, cool, damp tomb for three days, that revived him. And he moved the stone. And he just came out. And there's no death, there's no resurrection. It's called the swoon theory. He just swooned on the cross. And a lot of people hold that view. But what the text is telling us, and what the, the text is making the point of saying, is no, he was really dead. He really did die on the cross. <laughs> he really, he, you know, he didn't just pass out. His, his death was verified by the Roman soldier piercing his side and blood and water coming out. His death was a certainty. He really did die, which is important because he's the sacrifice for our sins. Without the shedding of blood, there can be no remission of sins. The wages of sin is death. If Jesus didn't really die, if he just passed out, we just swooned, well then we're all still under the wrath of God for our sins. We all will face judgment for the things that we've done wrong. That's why it's important that he really did die. That's why the text is making a point to emphasize that he truly did die. So now that brings us to verse 36. Verse 36 says, For these things were done that the Scripture should be fulfilled. So those Roman soldiers, they didn't know they were fulfilling Scripture, but they actually were fulfilling Scripture by their actions, without even knowing it. 
And here, look at verse 36. For these things were done that the scripture should be fulfilled. Not one of his bones should be broken. And again, another scripture says, they shall look on him whom they pierced. So John points us to two scriptures in the Old Testament, two prophecies that were fulfilled by the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. First, not one of his bones shall be broken. Now this is from Exodus chapter 12. So again, as Jesus is dead there on the cross, John, first of all, he points us back to Exodus chapter 12. So let's turn back to Exodus chapter 12. And we'll look at it together. Exodus chapter 12. This verse that he quotes is a reference to the Passover lamb. And so John, as he's, as, as he's looking at Jesus' lifeless body on the cross, and we're looking at his lifeless body on the cross, John's standing there, and John points us back to the Passover lamb. Exodus chapter 12. Jesus, of course, he was crucified during the Passover feast. And the Passover lamb points to him. He's a fulfillment of the Passover sacrifice. In 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, Paul writes, For even Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. The Passover celebrated Israel's deliverance from bondage in Egypt. And the people of Israel, they were delivered from God's judgment and released from their bondage in Egypt through the blood of a Passover lamb. Through the blood of a lamb. And the story of the Exodus is told here in chapter 12. Um, if you look at verse 1, Exodus 12, 1. Now the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be your beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. So God, with this exodus and delivering them from their bondage in Egypt and setting them free, God now gives them a new calendar. They're going to mark time now in a new way. They were to measure time from their deliverance from slavery in Egypt. And this is a picture of the new beginning that we have in Christ. And when we put our faith in Jesus Christ and His sacrifice on the cross For us, we're born again. We become a new creation. Old things pass away. Everything's made new. We're given new life. And and we measure our life now from when God delivered us from sin and death. God gives us a new calendar, too. So, verse 3. Speak to all the congregation of Israel. So, no one is excluded from this. Everyone needs salvation, right? We're all sinners. We all fall short. And we all need salvation. So speak to all of the congregation of Israel saying, On the tenth of this month, every man shall take for himself a lamb. According to the house of his father, a lamb for a household. And if the household is too small for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next to his house Take it according to the number of the persons, according to each man's need. You shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the father. 
Today you've been hearing from Pastor Dan about the book of John, one of the four accounts of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. This gospel book details the Son of God's time on earth, what He did, and how He changed lives. It also gives you an opportunity to have a changed life as well. Are you ready to give your life to Christ and be forgiven of your sins? We'd love to tell you more about this and pray with you if you're ready to take a step of faith. Give us a call here at Ring of Truth. Our number is 410-491-4592. That's 410-491-4592. We'd also like to encourage you to find and begin attending a church regularly. If you're in the Baltimore, Washington area, you're invited to join us here at Calvary Chapel. We're located in Columbia, Maryland, just a few minutes from Route 95, Route 29, or Route 100. To find out more about what you can expect and to get directions and service times, please visit our website, calvaryec.com. At our website, you can also enjoy more of Pastor Dan Sexton's teachings from the Gospel of John or explore his other message series. Again, that website is calvaryec.com. That's all we have for today. Thanks for tuning in to Ring of Truth. It's true.